Welcome to a bonus episode of Hip Hop Movie Club. As always, here are your HHMCs. Boogie, JB, and Dino Wright. The two youths, Iceberg and Jay Prince, did such a nice job on our second special episode and provided such insightful commentary that we decided to invite them back onto the podcast for another special episode. This one's called Song Swap. The concept is that the HHMCs will select three of our favorite hip-hop songs from our heyday, and they would select three more current tracks. They would listen to our three, and we would listen to theirs. We would come back together to comment on each of the songs that we listened to in terms of beat, lyrics, message slash meaning, flow, rating, similarities to any other artists from any era. All right, so now that we have the ground rules laid out in the concept, let's start by discussing Follow the Leader by Eric B. and Rakim. This is one that the, the old heads, the HHMCs, selected. Boogie actually selected this one for Kim being his favorite MC. So why don't we throw it over to the two youths, Jay Prince and Iceberg, with your initial impressions of Follow the Leader. Uh, I had never listened to any, or like sat down and listened to any music by Eric B. and Rackham. I've like probably heard it in passing, but never sat down and listened. Uh, how about you, Iceberg? I've heard it in, you know, yeah, in passing. Uh, I really like the song. I thought it was great. I thought uh, Rackham's cadence and his lyrical prowess was uh, really spectacular. I like the narrative journey through space that it took you on. Uh, that's something that you see in maybe like older musicians, especially like David Bowie. Um, with Starman and Space Oddity. Yeah, I just said that like this song really, it feels like a diss track to me because he says like your rhymes are minute made and the whole like follow the leader thing sounds like, you know, he's the king of this rap and the hip hop that like, you know, follow him. Yeah, it was almost like he's telling the people that they can't fathom his true talent. And he's like, follow me, I'll show you how it's done. I know that there was, I had looked into the song, I know there was some drama regarding the make, or like around the time, the making of, like the, of the making of the song. Uh, I didn't look too far into it, but I'm sure that pushed a lot of why the song is the way it is. Yeah, um, to like link this to the modern artist, I thought it was kind of like Kendrick Lamar because it was kind of a simple beat and it really focused on like the lyrics which is something that kendrick does it you know was really well written and i thought his voice in the beginning or just like throughout the song reminded me of tyler the creator with like a deep style kind of voice yeah very very good feedback boogie you want to take it from here on like your thoughts about follow leader since this is the one that you had selected as well yeah, so I, I make no no qualms about it. The Eric and Kim are, are probably my favorite. But Rakim is actually my favorite MC. I, I I agree a lot with what was said. I do think it's it's very much him taking you on a journey and saying, you know, this is who I am. I'm I'm the most worthy MC MC that's out there right now. And how everyone, you know, they want to get to where I am or be as worthy as I am, this is what you need to do. Pretty much get in line and follow me and I'll take you, you know, where you need to go to um, 
obtain the, the skill, the lyrical skill that I possess. I really chose this track. It's, it's not necessarily my favorite um, Rakim, Arabian Rakim track. I, I tend to like um, Microphone Fiend. That's my, my probably my favorite one. But I do think that this song in particular is peak Rakim. The other songs that you, you you hear from him at an earlier point in his career, the, the, the tempo was much slower. I mean, his, his rhyme flow is similar to this, but it's a slower cadence. So it's, 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 it's not as impressive per se, because I think that with this, the faster tempo, you get to see that, oh, wow, this guy really is as good as he says he is. Because not only can he rhyme on that slow track, but let's speed the tempo up and he doesn't miss one beat. He doesn't lose any breath with it. He just floats over it pretty flawlessly. And I think that's, you know, the main reason why I picked this song. I do agree that he definitely does show some similarities to a Kendrick Lamar type MC because uh, there's a lot of focus on the on the lyrics, emphasis, you know, on how he, he pronounce it, you know, pronounces his words and everything so that you can clearly understand where he's coming from and there's no mumbling or anything it's very clear and concise you know this is who i am i'm the best you want to get like me here's the blueprint just follow me and i'll show you nice done it right i do have a couple things this is one of the best beats ever eric b's production here is really flawless and this has a very popular sample in early hip-hop uh, bob james nautilus really great uh, it's, it's a great song nautilus by itself but using it in this way it was just really one of my favorite hip-hop songs ever and not necessarily my favorite eric b and Rakim track i think that's probably let the rhythm hit him but you see the skills you see the mad skills in this song so i'm very happy to be listening to this this past week get ready for this yeah, as far as my take, he's a lyrical genius here. Put together the lyrics, like I kind of copied and pasted them and I and I listened to it in full and you see a lot of alliteration used so well. Music mixed melodies maintains to make melodies for MCs, motivates the breaks. Like he is just spitting and there's several instances of that in here. He does it a little bit later on too. Eric B on the blades, bleeding to death, called the ambulance. Magnum, a Magnum as a microphone murdering MCs. So he's pretty much, yeah, like you said, Iceberg, it's a diss track, but it's more or less saying, listen, I am, I'm leading the way, I'm paving the way. And it holds up because he goes down in the annals as pretty much best MC out there. If you have people, other MCs from that era and even the new era, they go back and Rakim is right up there. You got Rakim, you know, Big Daddy Kane. Uh, KRS One, Jay Z, you know, then you're talking about the Jay Z Kanye, but like Rakim really um, was a trailblazer for the t for the time. He uses, I mean, literally, if you analyze the lyrics, like you're in a, like an AP English class, you'll see the use of alliteration, you'll see imagery. You know, he's comparing the uh, skills of his DJ Eric B to like uh, weaponry. You would call the ambulance. You know, it's it's really impressive. And like you said, Adana, right, that the Nautilus track, it's a little haunting. And if you watch the video, it's like mostly in black and white and it's like mm -hmm. a gangster type theme and you get the gunshots at the end. It's, it's very powerful. 
So I really, I, I thought this was an excellent choice. And I'm glad that the youngsters got to see this as well. Awesome. All right, why don't we switch gears now and we'll talk about one of the newer tracks. The, the two youngsters had suggested a few songs that we listened to. So the, the first one we'll talk about on that side is All Right by Kendrick Lamar. So Dinah Wright, you want to kick us off? Sure. I really love this track. And I, I had listened to Pimper Butterfly, I think, before, but I never really like took the time to really dig into each track. But uh, the beat is great. And you know, Pharrell Williams produced this song, and he is, uh, I think, still underrated as a producer. He's, 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 he's brilliant. I actually met him once at Pet Stakes of all places. Uh, he had Thundercat on background vocal. He had Pharrell singing the chorus. This is a really great, just musically, with the nicely put together song. Wait, wait, wait! You met him at Pat's Steak. Was that like a a planned appearance, or you just bumped no, into? No, <laughs> his first tour with NERD. They played the truck at Philadelphia, and some friends and I went, and we thought, let's get the cheesesteaks before. And he was there with Khalees. I was like, whoa! That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> so he was getting cheesesteak. <laughs> He's one of us. He's one of us. This was years ago, like before he was really like Pharrell. You know what I'm saying? So that was like, whoa. That's pretty cool. So yes, the, the beat is great. I really enjoyed you know, all that part of it. And the, the lyrics, it's very much what Chuck D said about hip hop being black people CNN. Like this is the reality that a lot of black people deal with and it comes through in the lyrics. And that this song was like co-opted to be like the Black Lives Matter anthem. It doesn't get any better than that, I don't think. Very powerful, I thought. Uh, Kendrick Lamar is, I think, the best rapper around right now. And his, this flow in this song is one of the best. And I, you know, if we were going to rate this song, I'd say bring this funky song back. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I had, I was trying to think of like who really, I guess, I guess Rakim is the the comparison but for some reason there's something about Kendrick and what he does he's like one of one but, yeah and you know it won a lot of awards the video directed by Colin Tilly is also excellent who also directed the video for WAP which is kind of funny <laughs> but I love the song I'm glad the two youths uh, picked it glad I got to hear this again and kind of think about it more deeply than I had but done before so uh Spot on, guys. Boogie? Yeah, I, I was very pleased with All Right. I mean, this song has already been in my rotation since it came out. I'm a Kendrick Lamar fan, per se. So I, I really enjoy this song. I like the beat. It's very melodic, but hard hitting at the same time. It, it grasps you in. And it definitely has a bit of empowerment to it. It makes you feel like, okay, I want to bounce to this. I want to bounce to this. But at the same time, you, when you lay the chorus over it, it's like, yeah, we are going to be all right. So it's kind of like that, hey, hey, you bounce to it. But there's a, there's a, there's a really good gift file that I, I, I say that, I have it saved on my phone and I use it all the time. And when someone, when I actually feel like, you know, something's going wrong and somebody's like, oh man, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm like, no, we're going to be all right. 
and I throw that gift at them because that's what the song, how the song makes me feel. So anytime I feel like I'm, I'm going through something or, you know, something is, you know, has me down and I should probably be depressed or ready to give up or throw in a towel, you know, this chorus automatically goes into my head. I do agree that, you know, right now, Kendrick Lamar is probably at the peak um, as far as lyricism is concerned um, with contemporary MCs right now. Um, there's, I mean, the only one other I could probably put in the conversation with him might be Jay. But as far as depth of lyrics, yeah, Kendrick is definitely a one of one. You know, he definitely does have those similarities to, to Rakim as far as his flow is concerned, but the imagery that he paints and, and also the content um, of, of his lyrics, um, they they shine through on this one. This is like peak, one of his peak songs as far as I'm concerned. Um, I listen to it over and over again as it is. So it was a pleasure that this is one of the songs that was chosen for this particular episode. Um, but yeah, I, I can go on and on about this song. I, I love this song. <laughs> it's a great one. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it also. Uh, like Don already said, this is an anthem. The comparison I had was also Rakim, just because the fast flow that he's spitting, and it's like he's not even taking a breath, and he's just uh, going for it. But the lyrics are also super meaningful. There was the one part where it's just like 20 of them in my Chevy tell them all to come and get me reaping everything I saw. So he's just going off and off. And I'm like, wow. And uh, at the end, he does it a couple times. It is uplifting too, because the culture has been through a lot. There's the 40 acres in a mule reference. And oh, yeah. I remember hearing that from Public Enemy for the first time on Who Stole the Soul on the Fear of a Black Planet album. And for those out there listening that may not know it, I mean, that was like, I guess a payment for black families that had been formerly slaves you know they gave 40 acres and a mule and people thought that was like justification or just like retribution repayment which was kind of silly so that becomes part of history and i do like the spoken word at the end where kendrick's like you know i remember you was conflicted misusing your influence sometimes it did the same so people go through a lot it drives them crazy you know and it's like yeah you, you might commit some sin here and there but it's, it's god's got your back and you've been through this you know everything's going to be all right so yeah it was it was awesome i want to have the two the two youths speak to their thoughts about the song all right um i think that this song really like represented a generation and it just had such a huge impact on the culture i've seen so many videos of people at these protests for Black Lives Matter, and they all say, you know, we gonna be all right. That's, Kendrick has just made a song that represents a whole people. And I've even seen like, it, this song gets criticized on like Fox News because of things, because of the lines they have. I don't know how many, like how powerful a song can be that it, it becomes political and people criticize it. It's definitely one of the most Culturally, culturally relevant songs in recent memory. It's Kendrick's best song on arguably his best album. It's his peak performance. And then it's become so culturally, culturally resonant that you even saw it in the most recent Black Panther trailer, which, you know, that movie is about grief and pain and moving on from suffering. 
which is found a lot in the lyrics of that song. Excellent. Yeah, and it's funny because we'll talk in a little bit about Welcome to the Terror Dome, and you're going to see some similarities with some of the lyrics. And I know I think when you mentioned Fox News, you know, I think they pointed out the the line about well, we hate the popo, referring to the police, but it says we hate the popo when they're what it says killing our, our, our people and stuff like that. So there's, there's a lot. It's not just a flat out saying, you know, anti-police. So you got to listen to the lyrics in their entirety. Yeah, you the context. Yeah, exactly. All right, so now we'll go back to the older songs that the HHMCs has picked out. Stakes is High by De La Soul. So why don't we have the, the younger folks with their take on Stakes is High? And who wants to start? Iceberg? Um, oh, yeah, I'll start. This song, I don't have too much on it. I, I really love the beat with it. And I really wanted to focus on how this song is it's as it says the stakes stakes are high because it, it's telling you that don't like to these rappers and everyone you're focusing too much on money and you're focusing on being too glamorous and stuff and you're not focusing on making good music which i think is very similar to a song called 1985 by j cole which is a song that's a diss to in my opinion c-tier rappers like guys who start off hot and think they're so cool and j cole was saying in that song like your actions are reckless and you know you're i like to see you succeed but you're just all this bling and all the money but you're not actually making good music which i think was very similar to this song uh i've liked de la soul for a while ever since the magic number was the credit song for spider-man no one home <laughs> a while <laughs> yeah it's been a, it's been almost a year <laughs> I, a lot of the music's really great, especially Three Feet High and Rising. It's a tragedy that isn't on any streaming platform. Uh, but I thought the subject matter of this song in particular is really interesting, that it's kind of anti-gangster rap, which is going against the herd and the mold of that era. Uh, songs like anti-gun and anti-violence, but it also contrasts against the other messages uh, regarding institutional racism and impoverishment and how they've been forced into these situations, but that they're also feeding into it. Uh, the lyricism and the flow is really tremendous by Posnus. I said that wrong. It's just the way that the, the flow goes and the way the themes are related to music. It's just really great all around. It's definitely my favorite song out of the three we listened to. I think the beat is the best out of the three. Thanks, guys. Donna Wright, why don't we flip it over to you? Since this is the one that you had selected specifically. I selected this because of the beat. I think this is one of the textbook quintessential jd j dilla uh, productions you know he he made a, a career out of not being so rigid to the time signature like a lot so you you hear certain aspects of the of the production that's not quite on the beat it's a little bit off the beat and in 1996 this was like what's going on here people were confused about what they were hearing if you read the j dilla book that's out that came out recently uh, there's an anecdote about quest love like stopping a cab and making a guy like wait we got to hear what's going on in there because this this is crazy this doesn't sound right and so i picked this song because when i i liked it when i came out in 1996 and i didn't know anything about jd and it just gets better after years and years later it, it just sounds fresh even 20 years later it's a shame that you don't really get to hear this on streaming platforms, but uh, 
you can find it on YouTube. <laughs> or you have the CD like I do. But yeah, subject matter, you know, they they definitely were a counterpoint to a lot of other stuff that was happening. Even the Three Foot High and Rising album was kind of a counterpoint to some other stuff that was happening. And they've always sort of stood apart from other other rap acts and other hip hop groups. Even as part of the native tongues with Tribe Called Quest and Jungle Brothers. So um, I wanted to put it in there because one, you can't get enough of Jay Dilla, but two, good counterpoint to some other stuff that's happening at the time, uh, at least in 1996. Boogie, what's your take on Stakes is High? Yeah, I, there's not really much more I can add. I mean, uh, De La Soul has always been against the grain ever since they first you know, hit the scene. This song is definitely a call out to the state of hip hop at the time. And there's their disdain for what they see. There's one part in which Dave goes on about, you know, I'm sick of this and I'm sick of that. I'm sick of it. Like he just goes down a list of all of the things in hip hop that he's just sick of seeing and hearing in songs and seeing in music videos and Every time I hear that part, it's just like, yes, yes, yes. I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, wow, he's really going at it because they're fighting for the culture. I mean, yeah, there's a, there's been a, a bit of a shift in more of it being glamorized and becoming more mainstream and a little bit more flashy, but they're trying to bring it back to the original state where it's more about having fun, more about, you know, pure lyrics, lyrics and not about you know, any commercialized nonsense. Even the music video for, you know, they're on the Maury Povich show, you know, talking about the state of hip hop. And, you know, they're just basically going on. And then they start talking about these different things that they don't like while just doing basic household chores. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. there's no flashiness, yeah. <laughs> no background dancers, you know, backup dancers. It's just, you know, hey, listen, I'm doing my laundry, but I'm talking about what I'm, I'm raking the leaves and I don't like this. And, and I've always liked it. And like I said, it's a classic JD beat. Like this, this definitely is one of the best tracks ever. And like every time I hear this, this track, it just makes me smile. I mean, I have several renditions of this track done by several jazz musicians. And every rendition that I've heard of it sounds just as good because it's it's got a classic sound to it. It's timeless. And even at the time that it was made, like I said, it's 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 a little it's a little bit out of the out of its era but it still holds strong because it, it definitely makes you nod your head hard <laughs> but yeah I, I like i love this song heavy rotation on this one too <laughs> yeah i mean i love the message i love the beat uh the lyrics are great they hold up it's about the state of hip-hop uh, about be again being a man being is a conscious conscious rap and conscious like having a conscious right and not doing it for the for the glamour not getting involved in all the bling and the drugs and, and that kind of life because that'll catch up with you but you know be a man i think there was even a part about being a father to your son right yep mixing crimes with life enzymes taking the big scout route no doubt better than they know their daughters and their sons right organized crime but they're not organized so yeah it's it's literally a lot of fake you know facade that a lot of these rappers would put up saying i have all this type of money i have all, all this type of fame but 
it's empty. It's kind of like the, the great Gatsby type thing where it's like you think of all this wealth, but then on the inside, he's a shell of himself. So that's the message. And they were at a, you get a turning point with, with the state of hip hop. And now, as you see with these, with folks like Kendrick Lamar, like I said, the state of hip hop is in good hands because there's a lot of that conscientious rap going on. So that's, that's, that's great stuff. So let's move along and then we'll talk about another newer track. We'll talk, let's talk about Lumberjack by Tyler, the creator. Boogie, you want to kick us off with this one? Yeah, I, I've listened to a little, little Tyler, the creator here and there, but I definitely enjoyed this one as well. It's, there's something about his voice that it grabs you and pulls you in. The track is very melodic. I like the lyrics. I like the beat. I love the way it flowed. Very catchy song. Surprisingly, this was not one that I, I own, but now I, I didn't own it prior to this week, but I own it now. <laughs> you know, I've added it to my rotation because um, it's definitely something that I would listen to over and over again. I didn't really get too far deep as far as what the meaning was. I was more so just listening to how his flow was, the way he rolled over the beat. And I definitely appreciate that. This song, I'm trying to think of what it sounds sound similar to. can really pinpoint it, but I definitely, I, I, it'll come back to me. But I, I definitely enjoyed this one. For me, it was kind of like a grimy, gritty beat with rhythmic and there was yes. interjections of dialogue, which worked. Reminded me a little bit about of Wu-Tang, a little bit, the way, the way it was yeah. like grimy and gritty. They packed a lot in under two minutes or so. It was a real short track, but it's really catchy. Rolls Royce pull up, black boy hop out. But I, you know, I was looking at the lyrics. I'm really big into lyrics and trying to decipher them. There was a uh, reference to Drake in there. And his reference, and I, I also did a little bit of research on this. It's a little bit introspective too. Tyler, the creator, dresses differently. He looks differently than a lot of folks. And I think it's kind of like pointing out a little bit about that. Saying, you guys, just listen to me with your, your ears plugged a little bit. And, you know, now I'm, I'm riding a Rolls Royce and things like that. I liked it. I really, I really liked it, this song. Dana Wright? I liked it too. I didn't like it as much as the other two songs we listened to from the two youths, but I got an MF Doom vibe from it instead of a Wu-Tang. Yes. Vibe, it felt, felt similar to, to, to that. I don't want to know from the the uh, the youths if, if this was a Drake diss or not. I wasn't sure. Um, there's a line about talking to Drizzy and he's got a Millie, if this is in reference to Millie Bobby Brown or not, or is it about a million bucks, like his appearance fee but uh, i'll let the youth answer that but there is a lot in here and a lot i liked i feel like there's enough here that i know i would like other tyler the creator songs more i didn't listen to a whole lot to compare him to, to anything else but i think the flow is good it's not for everybody i think this isn't quite as accessible as say a, a kanye west track or even a kendrick lamar track and i think if i think real heads would really get down with this because it's a little different it's not a pop song, I guess. If you wouldn't hear this on the radio, this 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 is for like in their Spotify or something. But yeah, I, I liked it enough. I think I try to listen to other Tyler the Creator songs. I think I liked Earthquake a little better, stuff like that. So yeah, this was good too. I, I, there's a little bit of everything in, in this song. Jay Prince, you want to kick us off with your take on Lumberjack? Uh, it's out of the song shows and it's probably the most lyrically surface level it's not as deep as some of the other songs 
but it's really about Tyler flexing his wealth and the status that he's gained against people in opposition to him, people who view him as weird and eccentric and don't like his music. And I think, you know, maybe boast, boasting isn't the best thing you can do, but he's a very like respectable creator. He makes great music. And it's just interesting to see the contrast in that song as compared to the rest of the album, Call Me If You Get Lost, which is more introspective and melodic and slower. Yeah, um, to uh, Dino Wright's point, I do think that line was a diss to Drake, but not not the whole song, but this, this was a tough decision for me and Jay Prince to choose because we were between like, Gone Gone, Thank You, and See You Again, other great Tyler songs, but this one was uh, short enough and got right to what his music is, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did get that vibe that he was being a boastful, you know, talking about his wealth and everything like that. And I see a lot of the stuff like, I used to be the weirdo, you know, look like Mulan, like, you know, put his hair up and stuff like that. Like, I like that. That was really good. Shout out to my mother and my father. Like, it's really catchy. But again, there's a lot of profanity, but it, it's really, I really liked it. Like, this is one that I would probably play over and over again, just because I really like the beat. I just, I think the one thing about the song that I, didn't like i just wished it was a little longer <laughs> yeah because i was getting into it and i'm like oh it's over <laughs> yeah yeah you, know, you want more yeah yeah because <laughs> it, it, the hook is funny it like made me laugh because it sounds like 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 something dolomite would say <laughs> <laughs> or like you know you would hear like red fox or you know somebody say something somebody say say that call me yeah. lumberjack because i wish it you know would you know <laughs> <She was. laughs> so it was catchy enough that it really grabbed my attention and like i really wish that it was a little bit longer yeah all right doing good here we have two more to go one more from the hhmc selections and then one more from the two youths so the next one is uh one that i selected welcome to the terror dome by public enemy a, a classic and i guess we'll take the the youth's view of this first and then we'll talk through it so who wants to go first here uh i'll go so i would define this song like one of the first words said they said it's a journey through sound the sound in this music was remarkable and had such a interesting feel to it um the rhyming was like the standout of it they say like back to black attack so i sack it's it's everything rhymes there's so many so much rhythm in it I did a bit of research on it and stuff to see like what a lot of the lyrics was. This song feels like it has the same meaning as All Right by Kendrick Lamar because there's a specific line in the song that says, what you do is get your head ready instead of getting physically sweaty, which feels like, you know, how people always say like they'll take action for the police brutality and stuff, but you know, no one ever actually does. So it feels like it, it feels like all right by kendrick lamar and this song is just like poetry jay prince uh public enemy is a, another artist that i hadn't hadn't really listened to i knew fight the power obviously but this is like the only other song i had sat down to listen to at this point i think it's not as flowy as some of the other songs it's a bit more punctuated it feels more like a spoken word rather than an actual song and i got like like kind of like Snoop Dogg or Ice Cube or uh, Jay-Z vibes of just how the words are pronounced. 
I really enjoyed the song though. I thought similarly, it felt a lot like All Right and uh, how Kendrick Lamar tells a narrative these days. All right, thanks guys. Um, I'll take it first from our side because this is the one that I chose. I love this track. Chuck D has got such a booming voice. It's very powerful. So it's it's catchy. It all. I also love the uh, juxtaposition of of him with Flavor Flav, who is the clown prince or the court jester of the duo, which always always made me laugh because these guys were like so serious. It was almost like descendants of the Black Panther. They're like almost militant. They had actual officers uh, that would walk walk around with them and. For, for him to be able to joke around and stuff. It, it was kind of funny, but it, it always worked because two voices were a great contrast. There's a lot of power in the, in the lyrics as well. And I remember when this came out, there was some controversy about anti-Semitism because Professor Griff had made some comments and that's actually addressed in this song. Uh, there's one part where Chuck D says, told the rap, get off the rag. So he actually said that he spoke to a rabbi uh, in New York about it. There's, you know, and he's talking about, you know, I've got so much trouble in my mind, refuse to lose. There, there's a lot of grief and suffering. And then he's talking about solidarity, but, but there's a lot of black on black crime because he references Huey Newton, the, the leader of the Black Panther Party, getting shot by a black man. The same with Malcolm X. So there's a lot of meaning to that. He also dedicated it to uh, the family of Yusef Hawkins, who was the 16-year-old African-American male murdered in the summer of 89 in Bensonhurst, which is a section of Brooklyn. So there's so much to this. And uh, it's something that I, I constantly have in rotation as well. Boogie, you want to uh, piggyback off what I said there? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, welcome to the Terra Dome. It, there's there's layers to it. First of all, like the the Terra Dome is it's a a large futuristic ghetto in which black people have been forced to live against their will. It's a metaphoric phrase that's just kind of been linked to that type of situation. There is actually a film called Welcome to the Terra Dome. And that song, I mean, that, mo that movie title is where Public Enemy got the inspiration for the title to this song. The beat, it's very, it's intentional. That beat is intentional. It's, it's very hypnotic. It's meant to pull you in. It's meant to take you on a journey through sound as they you know, mentioned in the beginning of the song. So while you have this beat that's pulling you in, you have Chuck D and his voice, very commanding, very intentional, not necessarily trying to be smooth about it, uh, very poignant to the point. It's a calling card. If, do you want to live in this situation that, do you want to live in a terror dome? You know, if not, like, it's almost like a precursor to fight the power. You know, this is the situation that we're going to be put in if we don't take action. Would you join me, please? You know, he's pleading with the listeners to to join them, to, to follow them, to push back against being put on them, to fight oppression um, against people that, that are in the situation. Public Enemy is my favorite hip hop group. I, I've listened to them so much. You know, breaking down some of the lyrics, you know, as 
as JB mentioned, you can find little instances of, you know, from police brutality to you know, racial profiling to different situations are, are definitely mentioned in, in, the, in the lyrics. And it's meant for you to kind of like, kind of like do the right thing was. It, it, you, you see the situation, it causes conversation. It makes you want to figure out, okay, what was he talking about? Let me go do some research. And I think that's one of the things that I've always appreciated about Public Enemy. I mean, not not just putting words together that rhyme, but referencing specific instances where you know actions were made, and that you might want to research what we're talking about because if you're not, you're going to end up in the terror dome. And I think that a lot of their songs basically have the similar tone to them, for the most part. There's a few that don't, but this is definitely. Um, a good anthem and a good song to to listen to if you want to you know get a good meaning to, to what Public Enemy was all about. Um, I think that there was probably the only other artists around at that time that were making similar music. I would probably say it was X Clan. They were very intentional as as, as well with their lyrics and in trying to uplift people and not just say you know hip hop is about you know situations that we're dealing with that you know we can't get out of but hey listen there's a way to get out of it and it's through educating yourself empowering yourself and just trying to be better and um yeah this this yeah this this has always been in rotation with me so yeah this is a great song i'm, I'm pleased that this was one that, we, that was picked as well great stuff buddy um done all right yeah uh, i can't really add that much to the boogie and, and... UJB just said, but uh, this album is Fear of a Black Planet. I think it's my favorite Public Enemy record, I think. It's got everything. It's got Chuck D songs. It's got Flavor Flav songs. But this one, uh, wow, it's just it's just so powerful. It, it just grabs you. And I, this is not the first song on the album, but boy, it, it really gets your attention. I love this song. It's the samples in it. <laughs> for for some, and I think it's because Dilla used the "Would you join me, please, in welcoming?" That that little sample, it's just <laughs> it has an effect on me. Like, I will, I will join you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, one of the great songs on one of the great albums, one of the greatest rap groups of all time. Right Shout out to the Bomb Squad. And finally, one more song to cover, which was selected by the, the two youngsters, is Runaway by Kanye West. Boogie, do you want to kick us off on your take on Runaway? Yeah, Runaway is, is another song that um, was always in my rotation. I remember the first time I listened to this song um, years back when it first came out. And I think I put I played this song no less no less than five times in a row. Like as soon as it went off, I put it right back on because it's it's so um, it's so melodic. It pulls you in, and I could pretty much say that about all of the other songs. But this song, it's it's one of those songs that if you feel like you're going through something, this is it's almost therapeutic because it's saying you know hey no matter what you're going through put your best foot forward throw a toast up you know hey listen whoever doesn't agree with you so what throw a toast to them anyway 
You know, there's always going to be things that you don't, that don't go your way, but just keep picking yourself up. And if not, just get out of there and just take to yourself and, and, and be about it on your own. I, I don't know, maybe I was going through something at the time. I can't even remember, but yeah, I just listened to it over and over again. It's, it, even like the way it starts off and before the beat even drops, it's just... It's very simple, very simple, very simple stroke, you know, chord on the, on the piano. And even like, I think the end of the song when he's kind of using the auto-tune, it's almost like a hymn. It's very gospel-esque. Um, feels like you're kind of going to church. It's like an altar call almost. You know, it's like, hey, we've played the song. So, you know, if you're feeling the way I feel, come here, come over here. And he's like kind of humming it, the melody for it. And I, it gives me that ultra call feel to it. And I think it, that's probably one of the things that probably pulled me in the most after the chorus. Um, because, you know, growing up in the church, my dad was a minister, that that ultra call feel to it. But yeah, this is a song that I always, I've always enjoyed. Off of a really great album. There's a lot of great songs off of that album. But yeah, this is probably my favorite song off of that album. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. I want to go next, and I'm going to be a little bit more contrarian. I thought the melody was incredible. This is one of the best melodies I've heard on a hip hop track. But I, I have such a hard time reconciling the, the melody, which is tremendous, with the lyrics. Like some of those words are just, to me, like some of the, the worst words in the English language. And I think it's kind of a little bit wasted where like this could be an anthem type song like you said if boogie if you're going through something like but but those those words that he uses there and i don't want to even kind of repeat them on on the air because we're trying to keep it clean but you know th those words like I, I just can't stand those and you, now you're going to be repeating those right and then he's talking about sending you know pictures of his genitalia to women and he's like why am i like this so i understand listen i understand that kanye went through a lot of stuff and it, it was probably therapeutic for him as well. And perhaps he's calling himself these derogatory terms. And he's been telling his love interest at one time to, to run away, perhaps. But uh, I like the Ichabod crane line. I, I, I like the, the rhythm and the flow. But for me, the lyrics don't hold up. When we're talking about all the different artists we just spoke about, and you know, we're talking about Kendrick Lamar and Public Enemy, um, Eric B. Rakim and like the deep meaning behind it. I just think that Kanye was too juvenile with this one. And for me, that it kind of ruined it. But again, that's my opinion. Not a fan. Like this is one that I probably wouldn't play all that frequently just, just because of that. And I'm huge on lyrics and that, that did bug me. Real, real quick chime in though. I listen to a clean version, so that's the only. But I do, but I definitely, but I definitely understand what you're saying. Yeah, and exactly what you're saying is probably why I only listen to the clean version of it. The video is a clean version. I, the one that I, the video that uh, I saw. If you look I have at the dirty version, but I, I, when I listen to it, just to listen to it, yeah, the clean version. Okay. <laughs> maybe I, I would like it maybe more that way. But if you look at the, if you listen to the unedited version, or you yeah. can see the words in my in the lyrics, but yeah, that was a big turnoff for me. For me, it's got to be the total, total package. Is that right? What's your take? So I have a different conflict with Kanye. It seems kind of contradictory, but I'm really put off by his braggadocio. 
like there's a whole genre built on like boasting on how good you are and i like it when rakim does it in a song but i don't like it when kanye does it like in real life that's just something i think it's something my issue is uh, there's something different about his celebrity and his self-opinion it's not just the kardashian stuff but uh, the way he thinks of himself and i know this is probably part of his own sort of psychological profile or whatever's going on in his life but all that being said i thought the beat was really good the lyrics i mean they it is kind of raunchy and not as raunchy as some other things but it is i do find some metaphor and some layers to it when i first heard the song i thought this is like a warning to people that i'm not that great of a person so you should just stay away but reading up about it it's more of a response to media like coming to terms with how he's being treated by the media and it's an okay there's enough of a a layer to it that i was like okay that that, that works then for me you know his flows i thought it was pretty good he's a pop star for all intents and purposes so it's not like tyler the creator where he is that avant-garde i think his flow is more like radio friendly i guess even though i don't know if it's on the radio i'm probably too stuck in the past because that his kind of he puts me off so i don't i hadn't really listened to a full kanye record since college dropout <laughs> that was like 18 years ago wow yes <laughs> yeah so i really have to catch up with the kanye discography but all falls down was like amazing like i played that on repeat and i saw someone joke about stacy dash never been the same since she left on that plane <laughs> So, so I don't know. I, he may think he's the greatest of all time. What am I gonna? Who who am I to say he's not? But I'd have to listen to the rest of his albums. To, and there's a lot of them for me to catch up on. But I think he's a great musician. Just as a musician, as someone who makes music and writes lyrics, I think he's great. I think if Kendrick is one of one, I think Kanye is one of zero. I think he's just a. There's some other level that he's on that he's found a way to get to. Good for him. Hi, right, Jay Prince, what's your take on Runaway? Um, I'm in very stark contrast <laughs> to both Dino Red and JB. I think it's an excellent song. It's my favorite from Kanye's, or at least top two. Um, maybe it's just because this is the hip hop that we grew up with. Maybe we're just biased. But I think Kanye, for all his very intense faults, is a really great musician and i think runaway is the perfect encapsulation of that because it's it's a two-sided song it's both a metaphor for a relationship and for his like a love relationship and for his relationship with the media how they view him so negatively especially after the vma incident with taylor swift uh which this album is their reaction to and he kind of internalizes that and at that point in the album he's like there's no way for me to Come back from this i can't be a good person if no one would let me be a good person anymore and i just think that the melody is great the lyricism is great and just how like deep the themes of mental health and struggling in that song it's truly just a modern masterpiece also i recommend listening to modern kanye specifically the life of pablo that's his best recent album iceberg yeah um i think if you guys want to say like you know kanye's got like a big ego and stuff like that then this is you know this shows 
he can criticize himself and reflect. And there's a, definitely a layer of mental health in here. So I think the song's really well put together and the melody is just outstanding. It, it might, might be one of my favorites of all time in a rap hip hop style song. I, I, I think it's the best hip hop album of all time. Just how tight the narrative is and the features on it. I mean, Elton John's on the album, it's great. <laughs> I'll have to give the album a listen. The melody was outstanding. Um, it's just the, the lyrics that put me off. So maybe I would like the clean version or the instrumental, but I'll, I'll definitely take a listen to the rest of the album for your recommendation. Yeah. I love Monster. Monster's a good song too. Monster. Yeah. Monster's a great song. I love that song. Oof. That's yeah. a, oof. <laughs> Nicki Minaj is the best part of that song. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. She flips it hard. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm done. <laughs> so there we have it. That Those were the six songs. Three by... Uh, recommended by the HSMCs, three by the two Utes, and I think we kind of covered them in pretty good detail. So listeners, the call to action, if you have any opinion on any of these songs, email us at hiphopmovieclub at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you're thinking about any of these songs, or if you have any recommendations for us to listen to and critique. We'd love to hear from you. Hip Hop Movie Club is produced by your HHMCs, JB, Boogie, and Dino Wright. All music in this episode is by Boogie. Thanks to Jay Prince and Iceberg. Special thanks as always to Susan, Tawanda, and Alice. We're on TikTok. Hit us up at Hip Hop Movie Club. Shout out to you listeners. Thanks for listening. Let's do this again. Yeah, we could definitely do this again. There's more songs. We had we had, we had a long list. Well, yeah, we we were yeah. also we were having a hard time narrow down ours, but we would like.